Welcome to another production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Today your host is Dr. Jan Bedell. She is an educator, author, curriculum designer, and a specialist in neural development. Dr. Jan has spent 20 years encouraging, educating, and inspiring families through her company, Little Giant Steps. So, whether you have a typical, gifted, or struggling learner, these weekly Brain Coach tips will help you discover foundational keys to make learning and life easier through the neurodevelopmental approach. And now, welcome your host for today. Hi everyone, and welcome to this week's Brain Coach Tips. I'm Jan Bedell, otherwise known as the Little Giant Steps Brain Coach. I'm so glad you're here to continue the journey to learn, be encouraged, and become equipped with practical actions you can use each day to apply the neurodevelopmental approach to make positive life changes in your family and beyond. If you're anything like me, once you understand more about this approach and experience its benefits for yourself, you won't be able to keep from sharing with your friends and neighbors, thus affecting your family and others with a neurodevelopmental approach to life. Today we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects, auditory processing. I actually call it the best kept secret in education because not that many people know about it and it affects everything. Before we delve into this very important subject, let's do a little bit of review. Remember I said that first the brain has to be organized. That's the movement that helps the two hemispheres communicate together. If you don't know about brain organization, please visit our website at littlegiantsteps.com to get more information. After the brain is organized, you first have to receive information through your five senses. The three primary ones are auditory, visual, and tactile. And then that information goes into your short-term memory. You have visual and auditory short-term memory. Auditory is by far the most important, so that's why we're going to spend most of our time today on that. The next step after you receive that information and then you process it in your short-term memory, it goes into storage. Your brain stores that information in a particular place so that you can bring it out. If your child's having trouble utilizing that information or bringing it out, that's a topic for another time. But these four steps have to take place for learning to really take place efficiently. If you haven't already, I want to encourage you to listen to the podcast number two for more insight into these four steps to learning. Or you can get the neurodevelopmental DVD from Little Giant Steps that will be a two-hour seminar that teaches you how to test for things and then what to do about it. This will really expand your information about the subject. Today's focus is on auditory processing or your short-term memory. It's kind of like the RAM in your computer. A long time ago, when computers first came out, you would put information into the short-term memory, and if you didn't save it real often, you were very likely to lose it. You know, I've been teaching on this for about 20 years, and we've been on a slippery slope in our society with poor processing for a long time. Now, it's so bad that they even have a label for it. They call it CAPD, or Central Auditory Processing Disorder. So what has made all this difference? 
We used to do a lot more talking to each other. We would eat three meals together and talk. Now, a lot of times there's games and phones and things like that at the table, and people hardly ever talk to each other. I feel really privileged to work with homeschoolers because they do a lot of these things right, but we still tend to do less and less of talking to each other. You know, we used to eat three meals together and talk and even linger over the dinner table. Now we're in such a hurry that sometimes we just go through the drive through take the dinner, throw it over the back seat on the way to soccer while the child is eating and watching a show on the monitor of the car instead of talking to each other. So what is it that we're talking about here? Auditory sequential processing. This is holding pieces of information together in your auditory short-term memory so that you can do something with it. This is a huge factor in neurological efficiency. Let me give you an example of this functional auditory processing at what I think is the best level that we've ever had, and that's the founders of our country. You know, they could say a sentence and put together... 10 or 11 scriptures inside of one sentence. They're responsible for the Federalist Papers. Back then, even the common farmer understood the Federalist Papers. Now our lawyers say, that's the hardest course I ever took, and they're supposed to be our brightest and best. Auditory processing is a huge factor in what we call neurological efficiency. That means how your brain is working, how efficient it works. Because there's so many issues here, this causes many of the symptoms that we're seeing with children labeled with ADD and ADHD and dyslexia and many other things. It really affects every aspect of a person's life. Here's some examples of some global effects that can happen when a person's got low auditory processing. You may be recognizing some of these things in your household when we go through this. If they have low processing, they have trouble attending, staying on task. This is one of the things on the ADD checklist, and it's pretty frustrating for all involved. When you ask someone to do something, come back and they're not doing it because they couldn't focus long enough. It affects their behavior. They act like a younger child. They get along with younger children. Oftentimes, you think of them as socially immature. A teenager that you think should be acting more his age would be acting like a younger child in this situation. It affects their comprehension, what is said or read to them, or what they read. This is holding those pieces together. They just have a terrible time doing that. You may really recognize this one. Following directions is affected by this sequential processing. You tell Johnny, Go upstairs and get your shoes and socks and come back down. We've got to go. Oh, by the way, bring your coat. And Johnny trots up upstairs. And you're busy getting things ready. You've got everything ready. And now you're waiting. And now you're waiting some more. And Johnny's still not here. And now you're mad. You're stomping up the stairs going, what are you doing? And he gives you this deer in the headlight look like, was I supposed to be doing something? And that just infuriates you because you told him what to do. So you're thinking he's not obeying. Well, he was upstairs. He might even have his shoes and socks on. After that, the instructions were wah, 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 wah. 
He didn't hold those instructions, so it was impossible for him to follow that sequence of instructions that you gave him. So sometimes people treat this behaviorally when it's really a processing issue. Processing affects your conceptual thinking too. You can't see the big picture. And so the person is often more impulsive. They take actions and don't think about the consequences or they don't look at cause and effect in the right way. The conversational language is affected. This person with low processing often interrupts you and you can tell them to wait and train them, you know, just hold that thought. And as soon as you're through talking and you turn to them and say, okay, what did you need? And he just looks at you dejectedly and says, I forgot, never mind. So he really couldn't hold those pieces together long enough with that distraction of you talking to remember what he was going to tell you. Or you might even talk off topic. You're talking along and you've left a certain topic and gone on to something else, but something caught his attention and he stayed back there with the first thought. He put something in there that's not really appropriate to your conversation. And it seems quite awkward when people do that. It even affects their creative writing ability. Their writing is going to be much more immature. The sentences are going to be short and they can't really attend to the topic that they're on. They can't follow through with the directions that you've given them to write and they can't think in a big picture to follow their story all the way through. They can't really think in the big picture to get from the first of their story to the end of their story. Auditory processing not only globally affects you, It affects you from very early age. Let's take a one-year-old, for instance. If you've taught your child to wave goodbye by showing them, taking their hand and waving it, or waving yourself, and you've told him, wave bye-bye, and you can just say, wave bye-bye, and the child does it on their own, that means they're processing at a one. They can hear one piece of information and act on it. This is kind of a problem when you just process one because it's basically mom. I want mom. And so when you put the child in the nursery at church and they look around and they don't see mom, they say, I don't care how many toys you have or who's going to hold me. I want mom. A two-year-old should be able to do two pieces of information. So you might say to the child, touch your nose and hair. So they should be able to touch their nose and their hair in that sequential order to be at a two. You actually have more speech when your processing is at least two. You know, a one-year-old doesn't have much speech. So if your child has a speech issue, it may be because of processing being low. This can also cause behavioral issues like the terrible twos. They can process two things. I want, don't want. So we want to get them past that really fast. When they're three or close to three, they should be able to do three pieces. You might say, repeat after mommy, car, boat, train. And they say, car, boat, train. You say, good job. Do you know if you get your child to three faster than three years old, then they'll potty train faster. This is going to save you a lot of money on diapers. What did I tell you about that global effect, right? On our website, you can get what's called a Tiny Tot Auditory Processing Test Kit and find out where your little one that's three and under is in processing and find out how to help them. 
One of the solutions we have is a book that I wrote called The Best Kept Secret in Education, Auditory Processing. It's going to give you some games that you can play with younger children, tell you the whys and the wherefores about auditory processing, and also give you a way to help them go up half a step if they're having trouble getting to the next level. Well, we said a three-year-old should be able to do three. What about a four-year-old? You got it. A four-year-old should be able to do four pieces. Now, four-year-olds are pretty impulsive, right? And they don't see cause and effect very well. Well, I have a friend that found out about our services many years ago, and she had a daughter named Mercy. Mercy was 11 years old, and she was the drama queen of their house. She would have four or five meltdowns a day. She couldn't get along on the playground, and she was just struggling through life. When Ruth found out about this, she put her on a neurodevelopmental program that included working on her processing. And in four months, Mercy went from a four to a six in processing. Do you know before working on this, she couldn't stay home alone? Well, you wouldn't leave a four-year-old at home alone, right? That's the kind of thing we're talking about here. You can have irrational things happening in your home, and it could be just because of processing. In those four months, Mercy not only went up two years in her auditory processing, but she went up a year in math and a year in reading. And Ruth says, I'm a certified teacher. And she said, I've never seen anything affect grades like that, and we didn't do anything different. So she was sold on the whole thing, and she joined to become a neurodevelopmentalist. So what about a five-year-old? A five-year-old should be able to do five pieces. This could either be words like car, boat, train, bike, bus, or it could be numbers, otherwise known as digits. About five years old is the time that most people start to teach their children to read. And if you're a homeschooler, it's basically with phonics that you're going to teach them to read. And interesting enough, phonics is really an auditory approach. You have to hold this piece, this piece, this piece, and the rule together to get the word out. So if your child is not doing well with phonics, don't go buy another phonics program. I can save you a lot of money. It's not the phonics program that's the problem. It's the auditory processing. It's really best to get the child to a six. That's the level of a six-year-old before you really press into phonics. You know, there's always been a really big controversy over teaching reading. Some people will say sight reading is the way to teach reading. And the pendulum swings way over that way. And that's all they do is sight words. And then some people will say, no, the only way to teach reading is phonics. And the pendulum swings all the way back over that way. Remember, in the talks that I've given before, I've encouraged you to think differently. It's really okay to have a really great sight word vocabulary and use phonics as well. So what we advocate is you find out when you test your child that they don't have a good five working on six digit span. Then you want to teach them with sight words for a short time while you're working on auditory processing. Then you add the phonics back in and everything is more successful. The reason that we advocate this is because we're really sight readers. We read by sight as soon as we know a word. And after that, if there's word that we don't know, then we use the decoding that phonics provides. There was a university study. You may have seen this going around in the emails. 
It says, according to the English University study, the order of letters in a word doesn't matter. The only thing that's important is that the first and last letter of every word is in the correct position. The rest can be jumbled and one is still able to read the text without difficulty. Now, I just read that and all of this text is all jumbled up. In fact, difficulty is spelled D-C-L-F-T-F-U-I-I-Y. And I still was able to say difficulty. Now, there's a handout that's on the show page here that you can refer to. And it's got an example of this that will really blow your mind when you read it. You won't be able to like comprehend at first how you can read that when all the words are spelled incorrectly. But your mind just automatically just records it like that. So check out that handout. Now you might be saying, Jan, I'm a homeschooler. I believe in phonics as the only way to teach reading. What I want to do is encourage you that we're going to go ahead and work on site for a little bit. I'm going to give you some tools to do that. Work on their processing. And like I said, usually they go up one every four months, at least a half every four months. And then they'll be ready for phonics and then you'll be successful. You want to set your child up to be a success. So what you can do is look on the website. There's several different things that we offer there to help with this in the interim. And don't get me wrong. I love, love, love phonics if the child's processing is good. Otherwise, it's just very discouraging for everybody. So you can look at the thousand words. These are our thousand most commonly read words in the English language, and you can use the flashcards to teach some sight words. There's also something called instant words. That's a computer program that flashes the words on the screen one at a time. There's about 10 or 12 in each set, and they give them multiple times of input for those words, and they learn them, and then they can play games with them. That's kind of a fun thing to do, too. Another resource you might want to consider is a wonderful series of books by Pathways. They're Pathway readers. The first one is called First Steps. The first three books, First Steps, Days Go By and More Days Go By, we have a companion CD that teaches them the words to these books. Now, why are these so important? Well, they are hardback books, so for those delayed readers that don't want the baby books, because a lot of phonics looks very young to them, and that's defeating for them. So it's a hardback book, it looks like a chapter book, and they have success with it. It's amazing the difference in your child when they go, oh, I really can read, and you just break that thought in their mind that they can't read. What about older children in auditory processing? What should their level be? Well, a seven-year-old or a 10-year-old or anyone older than seven up into adulthood should be able to do at least seven. So what I want you to do is go to littlegiantsteps.com and in the bottom left-hand corner of the homepage, it says free auditory test kit. You just click on that, get that kit, find out where they are, and it's going to tell you some things to do about making auditory processing better. Let me just give you a contrast in functional ability between two sisters. Ruth had the daughter Mercy, and she also had Angela, who was a little younger, actually three years younger. She put them both on a neurodevelopmental program, and they really emphasized auditory processing. And Angela, at age 12, could do advanced. She could do eight. And do you know that her functional ability was so great because of that? 
that she was able to work for me when I went on the road. I would go to San Antonio and she would be like my branch director. She would be interacting with families. She would be helping with children while I was talking to the parents or answering questions for the parents as I was with the child. She would reschedule, run the credit card, make appointments. It was amazing what she could do at age 12. You definitely want to test your husband as well because processing has everything to do with conversational language. You really need an eight for good conversational language. And when you find out your spouse's processing, the reason for some of those misunderstandings may become much more clear to you. This low ability is affecting our whole culture. Just think about how our political system has gone. Many are not seeing the big picture and the ramifications on our posterity. When I say this is the best kept secret and it's very significant, I'm not just spouting some platitude. Those of us that are Christians are mandated to raise leaders. If the young person going off to college has good processing, not only will they have the ease of just going through the materials that the professor's spouting from the front of the room, they will have the conceptual thinking to be able to discern what is in their core beliefs and what's happening around them. So if someone going to college, you want to get them to nine in processing. They'll really be flying through college easily then. If they want to be doctors, get them to 12. That will really make a huge difference. And if they want to be lawyers, at least a 12. Can you imagine being able to hold the pieces together of all the things that are being said? What an advantage that would be to a lawyer or to an executive or anyone in business? You may be thinking, my day is really full. This sounds really important, but how much time is it going to take? It literally only takes two minutes twice a day to practice these kinds of activities, and the results are amazing. You will have increased maturity. Their academics are going to be easier. Their attention span is going to be longer. Their conversational language will be incredible. Their behavior will be improved. They'll be able to use phonics well, comprehend, and follow directions. Wouldn't that make a big difference in your homeschool? When your child has good auditory processing, they are just like radar, picking up information everywhere that they go. In addition to what we've already listed, if that wasn't enough, their speech patterns will improve, their reasoning skills get better, they understand cause and effect, their social skills improve, and you'll just see a more confident child emerging. Remember, a person first has to receive information from the environment, then process it in their short-term memory, and then they can store it. Just think how much more will be stored if the processing is at peak performance. So what are the things that you can do to help increase processing ability? You can do that two-minute activity called digit spans. On our website, there's a deck of 125 cards that have digits in random order on them with instructions on how to use it for auditory and visual short-term memory. Remember, we've only talked about auditory today. We'll get to visual later, but this is so impactful for our whole culture that we really have to start there. Another thing you can do is read to your child. Now, I love that homeschoolers are bringing this very much into the forefront. Reading an hour a day is really the goal that you want to have. At first, you're not going to be able to do that at one sitting, and some children are going to have to be playing with something or have something in their hand 
during that time to be able to attend, but shoot for an hour a day. And when you don't have time to read to them, they should be listening to audiobooks. Now, this is not a book that they're looking at the pictures. It's just they're listening. So the more they listen, the more they develop that auditory processing. If you've found that your child is low in processing and they're having trouble with phonics, we mentioned some of those resources. There's one more thing that you might want to try, and this is called echo reading. What you do is find something that they really like to read or they're very interested in the topic and you read a small portion of the text and they read the very same thing, echoing what you just read. It's not every other paragraph. Now, if they're really low readers, you're going to read one sentence and then they read it. If they're a little bit higher, you read two sentences and then they read it. If they're a little bit better, you can read a whole paragraph and then they read that paragraph after you. This will make such a difference in their fluency, in their word recognition, in their confidence, in their vocabulary. It just helps everything. The first steps that I was telling you about earlier, that is the book that has the CD with it. The first three do. But the other Pathway readers are excellent for this echo reading. You can find those on our website as well. Let me just say a word about visual processing or your visual short-term memory before we're able to officially get to that as a topic. If a child has problems with processing and they're a preschooler, they may have trouble recognizing their numbers, letters, or remembering words. For an older student, they're going to have trouble with almost everything. Math, spelling, reading, visual attention, picking up visual information, and eye contact. If you'd like to find out where your child is on visual processing, there's a free kit on our store at littlegiantsteps.com. Just know that you have the power to make a difference. You just need some guidance as to what to do. I'd like to encourage you with this scripture from Romans 15:13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. My prayer is that this important message encourages you to stay tuned to the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network for more brain training tips to make life and learning easier. For now, it's the Brain Coach signing off and reminding you that neurodevelopment is a dynamic approach to life. So think differently. The solution is not in the problem. Thank you for your time and attention. We hope and pray You'll return next week for another session with Dr. Jan Bedell, the Brain Coach. The ND Approach for Life is a proven program to increase learning performance naturally. Little Giant Steps is there for you. If you have questions for the Brain Coach to incorporate the skills and techniques taught in our podcast, please email cj at littlegiantsteps.com. That's C as in cat, J as in joy, at littlegiantsteps, all one word, dot com. So until next time, may the good Lord bless and keep you. Thank you.